Good credit isn't something that you could switch on overnight. It's something that takes time to build up. So while your credit score might only matter to you when you're in the middle of buying a house or some other rare financial decision, it's something that everyone should have a basic understanding of, regardless of how soon you might be doing anything affected by your credit score. But the way your credit score affects your mortgage isn't super intuitive. So today's episode provides a basic understanding of how to manage your credit score to set you up for success when it does come into play. I'm your host, Landon Buto, and this podcast is provided by Cleveland Street Mortgage in pursuit of our mission of helping people to cultivate wealth and property in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. My guest today is my dad, Chris Buto, the owner and designated broker at CSM. A quick note before we start, I plan to begin each episode going forward by reading a verse from Proverbs that provides helpful instruction in the areas of work and wealth. Please enjoy this week's conversation, and remember that if you're interested in getting a mortgage with our team at CSM, or if you know someone who will be getting a mortgage soon, connect with us at clevelandstreet.com. Christians love talking about servant leadership, which is obviously for good reason, but there's more to faithful leadership than that. Specifically, there's a verse in scripture that explains one of the most valuable qualities someone can have in a position of authority. In Proverbs 8, 15, and 16, wisdom is speaking, and she says, By me kings reign, and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles, all the judges of the earth. A lot of what you will hear about good leadership right now is simply the importance of servant leadership. That's obviously an important quality, but it's only one piece of the puzzle. Wisdom is essential. Without it, no one can be a good leader. Without it, no one can make good decisions. Without it, no one can have authority worth trusting and following. So how do you get wisdom? This same chapter in Proverbs answers that very question in verse 33. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. All right, Dad, welcome back to Work is Good. Thanks for joining me again. Today we're talking about improving and managing your credit score. So the first thing I want to talk about is why it matters. Obviously, there's a few different financial areas where your credit score comes into play, uh, but we'll stay pretty closely tied to the real estate side of things and the impact it has when you get a mortgage specifically. Um, And I think most people have a general sense that good credit is good when you're getting a mortgage. Uh, but you can confirm this, but my sense has been that uh, when it comes to specifics, it's less, people are less clear on how it impacts their options or their pricing. Um, So can you give us some specifics of what the impact is on on what your loan options are and, uh, and what your pricing is? Why does your credit matter when you're getting a mortgage? Yeah, so you know, kind of your first alluded to the fact that it's you know that it applies more broadly than just our industry, and that that you know didn't you know obviously it used to be the case when you were getting a car loan or you know perhaps a credit card and that kind of stuff, um, but you know insurance industry started using it, and then you know and that's been kind of hit and miss. Some state insurance commissioners clamped down on that and said no, you can't mm-hmm. do that. Um, but it's still a factor, you know, many, many different ways that are kind of invisible to a lot of people. So just having a, a, a good credit score um, is going to benefit you financially in one way, shape or form. Now, in mortgage, of course, you know, when you when you're going from a, a bill that's fifteen hundred dollars a year to a loan that's five hundred thousand dollars. The impact is going to be much more significant. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and so so it's super important when you are you know, thinking about financing a house 
Because you're saying like your rate, if your rate is slightly different on your insurance versus if your rate is slightly different on your mortgage. Right. Is a big difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Huge, huge difference. Right. You know, so um, and and in mortgage, you know, it can it can cost you both in increased upfront fees and increased interest rate. You know, so both the upfront cost and the overtime cost can both be impacted um, with, uh, with, with by your credit score. And so it's super important that you get a good credit score. You know, the the pricing is directly tied to your credit score. And, you know, generally, you know, there, there are a bunch of different factors. You can't just say, well, if your credit score is different by 20 points, your factor, you know, your pricing will change by X sure. because yeah. it depends on, you know, what your loan to value is. Are you using an FHA program, a conventional program, or your first time home buyer? There's a, a whole myriad of things, but almost invariably, you, you, you're going to do better, you're going to fare better, you're going to have more options and therefore better pricing options available to you if you have a better credit score. And so, and and that, you know, that difference can be enormous. You know, if you go from a 740 credit score to a 720 credit score, you could see, you know, let's say you're buying a $500,000 house and you're putting 20% down, you, you know, you could see four or $5,000 in cost changes up front and and yeah. and then increase in interest rate over time and so you know it it really is you know, uh, uh, you know it's it's hard to understate or to overstate how important it is to to have a good you know have a good credit score and pay attention to that ahead of time yeah and can you explain the the you mentioned 720 versus 740 um can you explain how the pricing works at least with mortgages in the the block pricing yeah yeah, yeah, good question. Generally, the um, for for Fannie and Freddie are the providers or the backers of the vast majority of mortgages in the United States. You know, most of us try and fit in their box because they're generally having they have the more consistent, more um, flexible guidelines. Their pricing is generally better. So, you know, everybody tries to conform to their box and and to get into their box. And both Fannie and Freddie have um, pricing thresholds. It's not like your credit's going to be different if you have seven your, or your pricing is going to be different if you have 716 versus 717 credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have block pricing um, adjustments generally every 20 points, you know, that, that you change in credit score. So, you know, if you have a 760, you're going to have the same pricing as if you had a 750 or 745. But if you get to 740, then your pricing is going to be worse. And if you get to 720 again, and so so generally you're going to be in 20 you know 20 point changes you know that that your pricing is going to be impacted. Now that isn't necessarily the case for mortgage insurance providers. Their their pricing adjustments may be a little bit more fluid, and they're not going to be necessarily as homogenous okay. as Fannie and Freddie are across the board. So you could see some impacts from going from 740 to 750 with your mortgage insurance, even though it doesn't nice. change your interest rate or your pricing on the loan. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, okay, so I wanna get to just the specifics of, of how to then manage it and how to improve your credit score, depending on where you're at. But real quick, I do wanna ask, um, if you're someone who is pretty debt averse and or just hasn't built up any credit, hasn't gotten a credit card for whatever reason, um, and you don't have you don't have any credit to your name. Um, it, is that going to significantly impact your options when you come to get a loan? Obviously, it's possible 
uh, to get a mortgage without a credit score, but what uh, what does it look like? What are the differences? Um, what are the trade-offs? How much harder is it without a credit score? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, do everything in your power to get a credit score. Um, yeah, before coming into getting a loan, because you you're you're very likely going to be impacted, you know, financially very significantly. There are um, there are sometimes there are you know different programs have what they call manual underwrites. You know, so most everything that you do through Fannie and Freddie, they do an electronic underwrite. It will take all your data. They'll take your credit history. They'll take your job history, uh, and they'll and they'll you know, take your debts and they'll run it through their electronic underwriting engine and it will come back and say, yes, we'd approve this loan if this data is accurate. And then you prove the data and you get your loan. Uh, you can do a manual underwrite. You can't do that electronic underwrite without a credit score. You can do a manual underwrite. Um, but with a manual underwrite, generally, you, you often have pricing um, adjustments related to a manual underwrite. So you're going to pay more. You'll have um, restrictions on guidelines, much tighter guidelines, so you can't qualify for as much as you would otherwise qualify if you didn't have to go through a manual score. And so, you 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 know, it is possible, um, but it's not necessarily easy or or efficient to get a mortgage that way. I've I mean, I've had countless situations where we've we've had people that have been yeah. able to get the loan but just because they got the loan that you know they, they could have done some very simple steps six months ahead of time mm. and and they would have had much better options available to them you know so so yeah. yes it's possible don't despair if you really want to buy right now uh, but more importantly if you're listening to this and you don't have a credit score give us a call or or just go get a credit card, open up a credit card, get something going. Doesn't mean you have to start being a credit card user. You know, you can have sure. a credit card. You don't have to carry a balance, but just get a credit card established so you can get that score going and have much better financing options available to you. Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, and I think that's a helpful transition to, okay, so then how do you build credit? What are the factors that impact your credit score. You can take that in whichever order you want, but what are the factors that determine your credit score? And then how how do you, what are the most important things to know about improving your credit score? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people, you know, you can Google the credit wheel, you know, that, that kind of has, you know, it's a pie chart that has the percentages of your credit score that are determined by different factors, different elements. And, and usually you'll see some variation of, you know, 35% is your credit history, your payment history. 35% is your total available credit. And what they mean by that is, you know, if you have a credit card with a limit of $1,000 and when they pull your credit score, and that's a snapshot in time, when they pull your credit report and you've used $900 of that, it, it looks mm -hmm. like you're using 90% of your available credit. And so that's, that's a not a detriment. pattern thing. What's that? That's not a pattern thing. That's just on the spot if they happen to pull it when you are at a high balance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna look at that and say, look, your your balance right now is 90% of available credit, you know, that's available to you, and that's a detriment to your credit mm -hmm. score. So you have you know 35% history. History just has to do how how faithfully have you executed your part of the deal when you borrowed money from people? Have you made all your payments on time, or have you not? Have you been sent to collections? And that can be medical collections. There's, you know, there's all kinds of things that can show up there, but that's a part of your payment history. Um, available credit, which we just talked about, um, to, uh, credit types of credit also has something to do with mm. that. So if you are um, renting your furniture, you know, and your or, or your 
or you're you know you go to Home Depot and they're offering you, you know, um, credit same as cash. You know basically you know you can you can get a free credit card for a year. You know they'll give you free interest on on financing for a year. Yeah. That shows up as a less favorable type of credit mm. in impacting your credit score. So types of credit can impact that. And then length of credit history, you know, is 15%. Now, now I would kind of add a caveat to that. Length of credit history should be 100%, you know, if you have zero credit history, right? If you have if you have zero credit history, you're going to have a zero credit score, you know, and sure. and if you have yeah. zero credit history history, you're going to have a zero credit score for about the first six months from the time when you get that first item, you know, that first mm-hmm. trade line, as they call it, you know, credit card or a car loan or, you know, student loans count, you know, in, in your credit history. Um, so I would say that if you're just starting out, you know, 100% of it depends on your credit history, length of credit history, because, as, you know, when you start out, you're not going to have a score period until right. you've had some amount of time under your belt. And generally, that's about six months. And so it's really important to get kind of get that going. And, the, and this bleeds in, I'm sure, too, if you want to separate out how to manage those things best and how to improve it. But um, as far as the credit history, is it uh, so if you have one credit card and you've had that for two years uh, and then you add a new credit card, how does that impact that category of length of credit history does it use the first card just how long you've had credit or does it average them um no it's not gonna you know now there's two different impacts there you know one is it's it's not going to degrade the the amount of history you know for example i've you know i'm 60 years old i've got a bunch of credit in my history yeah. And so they've got months and months and months and months of history in, in the aggregate between all the different trade lines I've had over the years, you know, looking back seven years typically on your credit report. So, you know, adding a new card to that isn't going to be a detriment, you know, to my score. Now, someone who's brand new, um, you're still, you know, it's it's not going to degrade the fact if you have one card that's been going for seven months and then you add another card, you know, recently. Now, it could the, you know, it could have a negative impact because it's it's a fresh inquiry into your credit report. And that's that's an element that's kind of in the miscellaneous other, you know, it, it, that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of amalgam with a bunch of other factors that don't kind of warrant their own element on there. But a sure. lot of times, you know, when you pull your credit report, the bureaus are required to tell you the top four reasons why you're not a mm. theoretically perfect borrower. And a lot of times, you know, number of inquiries will show up in one of those top four factors of why you're not a credit borrower. So it is an important factor. And so if you, you know, if if you've had a card and and let's say you've been doing it for seven or eight months, you've had a credit, you know, so they've got six or eight months, seven or eight months of history to review. Um, so you've got, you know, you've got a history, but it's thin. You know, you don't have a lot of experience, and so every factor is going to be heightened in its importance. Yeah, whereas, you know, again, with my example, if I've had a ton of history behind me and now they do a snapshot in my card and my card's usually at, you know, 35 percent of capacity and then one month it goes up to 50 or 60 percent, it might have a negative impact on me, but it won't move me across any important thresholds. Maybe it moves me from 780 to 775, but that's not really a big deal. Whereas if you're brand new and you're just getting your credit established, 
and now you have an inquiry. You've, you've just kind of got to the 680 mark, and now you've got an inquiry right. because you added a new one. Maybe that mm. can be a detriment. And so yeah. that's where it's kind of important, you know, which kind of I will conclude this at the end of the day. And, and you know, this doesn't obviously not the conclusion now, but I think that the conclusion that, that I want to, you know, kind of bring to people is, Talk to a mortgage professional, especially when you're when you're talking about a mortgage. You know, if you're getting insurance or if you're getting a car, we've talked to those people about how to manage your credit score. But but if you're going to get a mortgage, talk to a mortgage professional first, because we have tools to very inexpensively pull your credit that are that don't count as a as an inquiry in your credit report. They're called soft pulls, so we can pull your credit. And then we have tools to you know very sophisticated tools that will tell us. Okay, how what happens if I do this to my credit? What happens if I you know, we have these what if scenarios? What if calculators that we can use? And they're very very good at predicting what the credit bureaus will do when you engage in certain types of credit activity. They're not 100%, um, but generally talk to a mortgage professional, get your credit report pulled, get advice from them up front, mm-hmm. and then you can look at it and say, okay, here's what we need to do to manage to that next score. And then they can also identify and say, look, if you're if you're someone who needs more help, you know, let's say you've got some issues that you've got to deal with, then we can also refer you to trusted professionals who will go much more in depth, you know, right. with challenging things or getting things removed, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And And something you've talked about before is it's not just if you don't if you don't get that kind of helpful advice, helpful coaching with the right tools, it's not just that you're missing out on that, but you can do things that, oh, I heard this would help my my credit score right. for someone else, but for you, for the timeline that you're looking at, you're getting a mortgage in the next six months and it's actually gonna hurt you. Um, so you can avoid that, that danger where it's not super intuitive um, and you can run yourself into some problems if you try and manage it on your own. Yeah, a couple of good examples of that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Is you know, one people think that uh, you know, paying off a collection is a no-brainer because I, it's going to help my credit score because I've got this collection that's hanging out there, and it's a no-brainer. Pay off this collection. Well, you know, let's say that was a six-year-old you know, collection. Now I'm I'm not advocating not paying people what you owe them. I think you should, but if it's right before you're going to get a mortgage, I might advocate that you wait till afterwards because if you pay off a collection. You take a derogatory activity on your credit report that was six years old, and now all of a sudden they may refresh the last activity date to last month. And mm. now instead of having a derogatory event that happened six years ago, you have a derogatory event that happened a month ago, even though right. the event that happened a month ago was that you paid it off. It's right. still a derogatory event on your credit report. And all they're looking at is not the type of activity. They're just looking at what was the nature of the of, of the article. Well, it was a collection. And when was it last active? Well, it was last month. Um, mm. And so, you know, the other thing people do is, oh, I'm just going to pay down all my credit cards. And I've had people do that and 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 they come to me and they wish they still had that cash. It would have been mm. better for them to have that cash um, and keep those debts open so that we could do different things. You know, you're 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 impacting that very large mortgage cost by some of these moves you're doing. So, hold, you know, hold on to your cash. Don't do anything. Talk to a mortgage professional first, because like you said, it's not that intuitive all the time. Yeah. 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 No, that's super helpful. Uh, I mean, obviously, you've hit on the main main way to improve your credit, which is get get personalized advice from a from professional. Um, as we wrap up, you know, you hit on the, the factors that determine your credit score. 
uh, are there any main things that are consistent patterns that people can keep in mind of this is a good habit to have, these are good principles to have to start to build up my credit? Um, you know, obviously, again, when you're taking specific actions, get personalized advice, but as good patterns, good helpful habits that, that build good credit, what are some recommendations? Yeah, so first of all, just, you know, establish a credit history as early in life as you can. Um, and, and you know, some, sometimes we get people who come, you know, come from, you know, Dave Ramsey type programs, so they don't, you know, generally eschew credit. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that's a bad thing, but when it comes to mortgage, very few people are going to buy their first house with cash. You know, mm-hmm. most of those people are going to eventually need a mortgage. And so just establish that credit history as fast as you can. And then, you know, kind of the obvious is just be fastidious about paying your bills on time and mm-hmm. and be careful about just setting it on auto pay and then forgetting about it. You know, set it on auto pay, but then make sure you're checking in, especially in those early you know, those early months of a new credit card, make sure that that auto pay is working, that there aren't problems with that, because mm. I've had people who yeah. thought everything was rocking along fine. They had every intent and ability to pay, but right. something, some quirk happened. And and mm. so pay fastidiously on time. Um, authorized users still work. You know, you can be an authorized user on somebody else's account that has a good credit history. So your parents, for example, if your parents are willing to do that in college, um, that's a great you know, that's a great time to get established, become an authorized user, then their history. You don't have to be an authorized user on every credit they've ever had. It just can be one or two credit cards. And then you have a history. You know, you start to develop a, a, a credit history that's attributed to you, even though you're not obligated on the loan. You're just obligated to use that card. Um, and, you know, for if, if if we're talking about a husband and wife, you know, and, and you're, you're going to buy together and you both knew, then become authorized users on one, one another's account. And then get as large of a, a balance limit as they'll allow you to have. Mm, now, sometimes yeah, sometimes all they'll let you start with is a secured card, which means you put $500 in the bank account, and then they give you a $500 right. limit, and you can never spend more than you have securing that. And that's if that's where you have to start, start. But take advantage then of of early opportunities you have to increase that limit or take yeah, on I don't new. think it takes too long to, to yeah. be able to increase from there. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I started with. Yeah. Fairly and recently. I think in order to, to expedite that, you're probably going to want to charge, you know, so just get in the habit, at least, you know, get one tank of gas on it per month. Or, yeah. But the thing to be careful about there is, you know, because you're starting out so small, it doesn't take much at all to to then hit capacity, you know, where, you're, where you know, you, you go buy a large thing on there, you spend $400 on your $500 secured card, and now you're using 80% of your capacity. And you have nothing else to go by. So all the all the algorithms have is here's someone who, as soon as he gets credit, uses almost all of it as fast as possible. And that, mm. that becomes a, a drag on your credit score. So get a card, get as big a balance as possible as you can on it. But while you have that balance, just hit it with a small charge every month and pay it off fastidious, fastidiously every month. And and that's going to be your quickest route to a you know to, to the best credit score possible and generally you should expect about six months you know unless you can become an authorized user and you get to use somebody else's history to jump start your score six months to start to see an impact from what you're doing you're saying well six months to go from zero uh from zero. not six okay. months to have an impact but, you know it takes one credit reporting cycle to have an impact especially negative right you know it's not sure. like you have yeah. this runway if you all of a sudden charge up 80 percent of your card you're going to see that next month 
Um, yeah. But if you're going from zero, then it's going to take six months before you'll get anything, probably. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. You, know, you, you may you may expedite that a little bit, but generally you should expect about that. Sure. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Um, okay, let's wrap up with uh, you know we've been talking some some very practical steps, um, specific actionable items. Just overarching, is there an important principle you think it's really important for people to understand from this conversation? Yeah, in general, I mean, if you're going to buy a house, you know, it's a major financial responsibility, and um, and that you know your ability to manage the small bills, you know, is going to be indicative at some level of your ability to manage the house. And, and you mm-hmm. never want to get into a situation where you, you own a house and you can't manage that payment. It doesn't mean things won't happen. Things do happen to people. Sure. Um, but but just, you know, be in the habit of, of, you know, don't don't spend, you know, this is this is beyond credit scoring, but, you know, don't live off of a credit card. You know, that's just mm-hmm. don't don't buy living expenses with a credit card and not pay those off monthly. You know, that's that's yeah. just a bad idea. But but yeah, just get credit early and you know be responsible with your payments, and then you'll be ready when the time comes to buy a house. You'll, you'll have the score to reflect that to back you up. But you'll also be ready just because you've been in the habit now of taking on the responsibility of managing that payment, of being careful about those things. Um, a couple of the little small things, yeah, 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 these things tend to be popular right now, like Experian Boost. You know, they advertise a lot. Hey, we'll improve your credit score. 20 or 30 points and all you got to do is sign up with us and and what they do is they report your rent or your utilities on your credit report and then they have a different algorithm that they will use to score you just understand that those aren't mortgage scores your mortgage mm. is not impacted by your rent history or your utility history at least your credit score your mortgage credit score is not impacted by those things sure. yeah and so you know don't necessarily fall for that that that's going to improve your your situation from a mortgage financing standpoint Mm-hmm. Um, and then just things like Credit Karma and that kind of thing. You know, those those are fine as far as they go. You know, a good credit score on Karma should translate to a good credit score in a mortgage, but the numbers don't translate. You know, so if you come yeah. with a, you know, say, oh, I've got, you know, Credit Karma says I have 770, maybe your mortgage is only 740. You know, so you want to be careful about setting pricing expectations and those sort sorts of things um, from those consumer facing sites that you can get your free score. Nothing wrong with getting those. Um, but uh, you want to make sure that you have a more specific score when you're when you're getting real refined in your expectations. Thanks for listening to Work Is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it with someone else, leave a review, and listen next week.